What is up, entrepreneurs and business owners? Welcome back to the Stronger Business Podcast. This is going to be a really, really fun episode. This is one of those episodes that could last like five hours, I feel like. There's so much we can talk about. There's so much fun we're going to have. I am so honored to have our guest today. She's a freaking Athens rock star. Um, She is involved in everything, everywhere. Everybody knows her. She is full of so much experience and knowledge and wisdom. This is not lies. I'm like pinching myself that you're even here in the studio with me. You have so much going on. You're involved in so much. You do so much for the community on all sorts of levels. And and today we're going to talk about that bridging that gap between community and nonprofits and business owners and how we view all that and how important that is. You are the president and CEO of Athens Area Community Foundation, Sarah McKinney. Welcome to the podcast. I want to put 20-inch blades on the Impala. Can we go back to that? Yes, we can. I mean, that was just a beautiful opening. We we can just sit here and listen to like 2000s (laughs) rap for the next 30 (laughs) minutes and I'll leave happy. That was so awesome. (laughs) Our audience may like that as well. I don't know. We'll see. So so, uh, I've talked about this before. I have I use Spotify from a little music platform on my phone. Um, I have a 90s rap playlist that I call like Friday rap. And every Friday morning on the way into the office, I listen to old school rap. Oh, I mean, will anything else light you uh, up for I the show day? I up in like such a good mood. I'm like ready to take on the world. It's and good. I, you know, I come in with an attitude. No. It's awesome. I, it's mean, great, I mean, I highly recommend it for anybody out there that really wants to set your Friday off right. Just keep the, keep the playlist going in the earbuds or AirPods, whatever you call them, <laughs> while you're getting in the elevator, walk through the office door. I mean, the world has stopped for you. That's exactly right. All I right. Love this. So I'm seriously, listening. I am so honored you're here. You're, I mean, you're engaged in so much. You're president of Rotary. You're you're a member of Rotary now. You're contributing on a huge levels there. You've been part of Lead Athens. You've been part of Lead Georgia. You're on the Jackson EMC board. There's probably so many other boards and nonprofits and things you're involved in we don't even know about. You have an awesome family. Okay. You you just have built an amazing just level of influence in Athens and just things you're doing and changing for all of us. And I appreciate it. I appreciate you you being here. Um, There's so many directions we can go. uh, But I think the main thing we I want to talk about today is really understanding more about what you all do at the foundation and how you're bridging that gap between business owners Mm -hmm. and nonprofits and how nonprofits need to somewhat adjust their mindset behind how they view themselves, mm-hmm. the, the sustainability, the the business model that they need to make sure they understand in order to make a bigger difference. And it's all win at higher levels and all get stronger together. So, but before we get into all that, how did you end up here? How did you, I love it. I mean, how, how did, where did the foundation come from? How did you get involved? How? The foundation was birthed 15 years ago out of a poverty movement that some people may remember in Athens called Prosperous Athens, One Athens. Okay. It was a whole poverty movement. I remember One Athens, yes, yep. 100%. I, if we may be the only surviving deliverable from that, and it was 
recognizing that a piece, a very small piece, but a piece of the puzzle in community, particularly in addressing poverty, is you've got to have a philanthropic community, a philanthropic culture. Mm -hmm. And there was no institution that anchored philanthropy for the community. So Judge Steve Jones, Red Petroffs, Bill Douglas at Synovus uh, founded this community foundation 15 years ago. My predecessor, Delene Porter, just a badass of a woman, if I can say it, uh, founded it um, and decided to head off on a new journey about seven years ago. Wasn't looking for a job, which is the cliche, but I wasn't. It was just an awesome opportunity to interview for it. And I fell in love with the organization through the interview process and was so hungry for it. I can remember every parking lot I was sitting in preparing for the multiple interviews like I wanted at this and now looking back I'm like you had no idea what in the world you were even thinking about except I just love we are the community's foundation we get to I get to give away money for a living and there's a lot more baked into that but it is a really incredible job and I've been blessed to be doing it for just about seven years now Um, but before that worked at Georgia 4-H that's a whole other underground mafia of humans it's amazing (laughs) It's an awesome job. It was. Before that, Council on Aging for 15 years down the hill, worked in aging, and um, got really passionate there about um, fund development, volunteer development. Nobody ever grows up and is like, I want to be a fundraiser. But somewhere online, I was like, check this out. I really like asking for money. Love it. I do. Most people hate it. I love it. And you're freaking good at it. Thank you. You're a freaking rock star at it. (laughs) It's fun. It's it's an honor to sit with people and ask for their interests, um, listen to their interests, and and match that. Well, you found a way to make it it such a win-win for everybody involved. And I think that's the awesome thing about what you all do is you – you created a situation that's such a win on so many levels, and not just right now today. It continues, and it it creates a legacy of a win. That's right. For an unlimited amount of time, and I think that's super cool. So I'm going to tell you how I understand mm-hmm. the Athens Area Community Foundation. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. You all serve as the investment arm for people to donate money, some – earmarked for specific causes, some just in general. Here, I care about the community. You are good and warm. I, I, I make things better. Here's here's a million dollars, Sarah. Yep. Go do some awesome stuff with it. You're you say, it. okay, I'm going to take your million dollars. I'm going to invest it. We're going to make $100,000 a year from it. We're going to plug that in the community in these you three places, it. and we're going to keep it going forever. And you got it. We're going to go try to get more of that and just continue to – this is not a one-time – you're not – going out and raising sponsors or trying to get 50 grand to give one time, you are building a sustainable investment That's right. situation for the community, for the nonprofits, for the donors. And I guess bringing that together. Yep. If, I, if I'm here and I care about Athens has been awesome for me. It's been awesome for my business. It's, it's helped us build a dream life for me and my family. I, I want to give back. But I've been so damn busy doing what I do. That's it. I don't even know where. That's it. And that often will blow the nonprofit community's mind that people don't know where to give. But they, but you and your business are not immersed in the hopes, mm-hmm. dreams, and and challenges of Athens the way a nonprofit is. And so as nonprofits, we have got to make compelling, amazing, awesome, true stories that invite people into our missions to give. And not just give to the mission, but give to the vision and at the Community Foundation, I think we make giving crazy easy, amazingly fun, um, and we do that in three ways, by being a trusted community leader, 
a trusted partner for local organizations and a trusted guide for giving. And so if I do anything at the end of the day, it's a it's a guide for giving in this community. And if a dollar never touches us, how can I help you feel like the most raging on fire philanthropist? We're ready. <laughs> all right. I heard crazy easy. I heard like something oh, yeah. like awesome fun. Oh yeah. Raging fire. Like, Come this on. sounds amazing. It's so very cool. <laughs> this is how easy we Sign make it. Sign me up. This is how easy we make it. You call us. You say, Sarah, I have no idea where to give. And we say, Chad, why don't you open, for example, a donor advice fund? We name it for the Brown family or you have your business. Great example, Creature Comforts here in downtown Athens. Get Comfortable Fund. It's at the Community Foundation. We make it crazy easy for Creature Comforts to do the incredible work that they do and do so well in community. We work with families. We work with scholarships. I mean, we could talk about this for hours, but at the end of the day, Everybody has a reason to give. It's typically going to be emotional, and many people have a financial reason to give. We're going to marry those together, give you an awesome tax-advantaged, fun, you're speaking generational way to give. Um, and we're going to make sure you're connected to cause in a way that you can tell me no if you don't like that. You don't have to go to a 10-top chicken and asparagus dinner to maybe get on fire about that <laughs> mission. And I say that tongue-in-cheek. We need our chicken and asparagus dinners in nonprofit land, but we also need like high touch relationships. What is the Brown family so excited about? We're gonna do that. We're gonna get you pumped. But the investment piece is probably the is the is the key there, and I'd love to talk more about that. Yeah, and I think that's the piece that I guess I don't know if this exists in other places, but I'm like I'm like this is a piece. Number one, you connect donors to nonprofits mm-hmm. that move the needle or you you find good fits for people or, yep. or you honestly I feel like you protect nonprofits from blowing through all their money. But, uh, I mean a by, little bit of everything. By, by creating an investment piece to it mm-hmm. and a sustainability um, sometimes um, or spreading that out into multiple places that yep. you know can make the biggest difference. Uh, but so I, I I've seen that exist before where there's a there's a connector between mm-hmm. business and nonprofit or community and business or donors and, and community. Um, but the, the investment piece of it mm-hmm. to say, okay, now we're going to invest this thing and we're going to take this, this money you're so generously willing to give and we're going to figure out yep. how to make it yep. last a way longer than just a one-time gift. And the, the, what excites me about it so much, there's the, the tax side of it. If I give you a million dollars, then – I'm, if I'm in a high tax bracket, I'm probably going to put 400 of that back in my pocket That's right. in tax savings. So now I've gave you a million dollars, and yeah. I've only come out of pocket 600. Now you're going to take my million. You're going to invest it. You're going to give off 100, 200 grand a year for the next 10 years. I'm going to end up. My investment is going to end up making a three, four million dollar difference in the community. And it only cost me six hundred grand. That's exactly right. That is like such a huge win all the way around. And we're going to steward your family. We're going to work with your kids, your nieces, your nephews. I mean, we got generational family planning going on here. Yes, Um, family values work. Um, And I, you know, the investment piece is is the part. Like when I look back, I'm like, you really didn't know what you're talking about. Social work. Sarah here did not go to school. I mean, (laughs) Sister Sarah had no business talking about investment seven years ago. And kudos to an incredibly patient and wonderful board. Um, that I have had an opportunity to learn a lot, and I'll still stick my foot in my mouth. I don't ever act like I know what I'm talking about. I ask tons of questions. I'm insatiably curious. But what I've learned about community foundations and what I know really well today 
is we are working to grow giving for the community that we love. And we're going to grow giving by working with your family. We're also growing giving by prudent investment management. So that million dollars that the Brown family donated, thank you so much. We're going to look for exceptional returns on that money year over year over year. Um, And one of the things I really work hard to do is not permanently endow anything at our community foundation right now. And I'm going to tell you why. And some people would say that's insane. That's insane. I'm not in that game right this minute. I'm in how do we get you pumped about giving today and not limiting your giving. And let's think about your giving 100 years from now, long past the time we're here, and the endowment conversation will come when it's appropriate. But let's get excited on what we can do right now. Let's get you pumped about meeting, giving out, feeling connected in community. And that is, like, you look over the last seven years, and this is not, I'm not saying this is about me as much as this is what I get so freaking excited about. When I started, the balance sheet was $5.9 million nearly seven years ago. You you look at our fee schedule, I was stupid to take that job, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Today, we manage right at $20 million. Babe. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. my God. We've given out over $20 million in the last seven years. What? Yes, with the market the way it is right now. You have it quadrupled is, the amount of money you manage and people gave are out just giving. as much as... So, Dude, we're high-fiving in here, y'all. This is – so while I get it pumped about endowments, the world right now doesn't need us to build massive endowments. The world needs us to know what in the world are the needs, what are the hopes, what are the dreams, what are the desires, and how can we make exceptional givers connected to exceptional cause in our community. That's what we need right this minute. And when it's appropriate, endowments will come. Yeah. And I'll give you a couple examples when you're ready for it. That is (laughs) – Cause I got some stories. All right, we're gonna get there. I know. We are Ooh, <laughs> so you said we got there. five and a half hours. Let's go, Chad. I love it. Okay. Oh my god, this is like this is like super exciting. It truly like gives me chills to think <laughs> love about it. because it's it is exciting. It's super exciting on all levels of this thing. Now, this is God. It's crazy because I've been involved in different civic groups and in nonprofits and on boards in Athens for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, heavily so in the last ten years. My eyes were open, and I feel like I gained a level of understanding so much bigger than I ever imagined whenever we went to Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. And we had the chamber trip. Yep. It was 50 of us went. And Great we, trip. We, that's when I understood how important it is for all aspects of this to come together for a community and to really grow something awesome together. Yep. Is As a business owner – I was one of the ones pointing the finger, y'all need to fix this. That's right. Or, That's right. The mayor needs to fix this, or the government needs to do a better job of this, or the city needs to do this, or we need to change this, or fix these problems. Um, and what I learned through that trip is that's not their responsibility. All of this is our responsibility. Mm-hmm. We as business owners have the influence and the money. That's right. Nonprofits have the skill set, the connections, the passion, the calls. Yep. We have to bring together the donors, the business community, the nonprofits, and the city, all and the yep. university in our case here in oh, Athens, yeah. all into at one table and do this together. That's right. That these are things that are so easy to solve. But they take passion, mm-hmm. and they take expertise, and they take money. And, and understanding. And understanding. And, and honest conversations. Yes, that's exactly right. Hard conversations. That's right. And understanding, just like in business. I will try 10 different things in my business next year. Yep. 
and three of them will not work. Okay, so let's can we pause on that real quick? Yes. That right there, that entrepreneurial, like, let's try and it's okay to fail. We is don't what, let that happen. We do not let that happen in the nonprofit we, like, community. Sh- criticize, shut it down. Straight I up. told you. We like, make no room for, yes, for nonprofits to fail. or... I don't on believe the in this human yes. perfection on homelessness, perfection on education, yes. perfection on aging services, on reading and literacy. We got to scrap that junk, and we have got agree. to allow for entrepreneurial spirit in the boardroom, yep. in the staff rooms, in the service delivery. Get out! It's like it, it seems in the business world, failure is so accepted that mm-hmm. you, you fail more than you succeed, and that's understood and okay. And it's even somewhat respected and worshipped a little bit. Oh, no, it's this. That's right. You you failed five times, then built a big company, or you that's slept right. in your car and then created something awesome. It, it's like this hero type mentality right. of like things we like get excited about, motivated by. But in the community space, in the nonprofit space, in this conversation we're having now, I mean, people are just sitting with daggers, waiting for something to just go wrong, and like. That's a failure. We're never right. doing this again or attack mode behind that's that. Right. And so we got to get over that. Like I, I learned so much about the mindset behind how I was approaching things as a business owner and, and how that's changed on that trip. And it was I was like, oh, my God, we got to do this together. We got to yep. figure this out as a community. And y'all are the place that brings all this together. And I think step number one right there is the boardroom. Is the people like you who are stepping into a boardroom have an acumen that maybe we don't. So I, uh, for example, I, social work Sarah possess no investment knowledge, <laughs> nor am I going to act like I'm an RIA or a broker dealer. Look at the words I use today. But, and I still don't really know. Let's let's keep going. Um, but there were board members who sat in our boardroom who were patient, who understood, who brokered time. And that is probably the one thing I would ask business leaders to do is show up. Are you willing to serve on boards? Does it, and before you say yes, do you have time for that? Does it match a passion of yours? Yes, and that's it. are you willing to move past the boardroom and lead in conversations with the ED, volunteer at that? So it's, you know, it's it's not a give or get off kind of situation. It's, it's, it's get on and lead. Um, and that to me is where the magic happens. And that is where I love that. I love how you go straight to the board position and say, hey, this is how you can make a big difference. This is how you can mentor, you can lead, right. you can share your expertise, but you can't do it in an hour a month. Absolutely not. It, you, you you need to be at an hour board meeting a month, but you need to commit five or 10 hours a month to be able to right. lead and serve and get connected. I, I love that so much. And that's the, those are the flip of that coin to EDs and nonprofit leaders is we've got to be poised and prepared to work with our boards, to onboard, to steward, to welcome, to train, to orient, reorient, and to, to dance with our boards. And that takes time and commitment. But, you know, there's a charge to nonprofits there and there's a charge to business leaders there. And it's not always going to be perfect. You're going to have mismatches in the boardroom. But good gravy, the amount of knowledge that I've been able to just soak up in the last seven. Rhodes McClanahan, president of First American Bank and Trust here, has spent more time with me as a human in patience and in understanding. And I've been able to soak up and absorb. He's told me when I'm wrong. He has given me a way to go when you're right. That's what I'm asking for, for our nonprofits. I love that. Yes. All right. Let's talk about the nonprofits for a second. Yep. Because that's the boots on the ground piece of this thing. Yep. This is the Stronger Business Podcast. This is a little different content yep. than we normally bring up. I'm pulling up some data points. While but I it is so absolutely necessary for nonprofits to understand this. I fully believe this. I, 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 will, I will speak on this until I'm blue in the face. 
nonprofits are a business. Oh, they are the one of the hardest businesses. I, I kind of liked it. That, that was Sarah, ladies and gentlemen, not some cool Damn. sound effect I had. Uh, I may record that uh, if I keep using that every episode. There we go. I like we'll get it. that right. It's I'm looking up numbers. It's almost as good as 90s rap music. Um, yes. But, but nonprofits, they are, I feel like we don't view them as businesses a lot of times, but they don't even view themselves as businesses. But you have income, you have expenses, you have payroll, you're trying to figure out the numbers, you're trying to figure out how much you can invest versus spend and put mm-hmm. in the community, how much you need to hire, how you're going to pay for things. Um, I think it's probably one of the hardest businesses out there. For me, it's hard for me to motivate employees and I pay them every two weeks. That's right. In the nonprofit world, you're motivating volunteers that you're not paying anything. And right. so it is an extremely difficult business, but it is a business. And I think that's the first thing we have to acknowledge and address um, and understand as as donors, as EDs, as mm-hmm. member of the community. What are your you were like dying to like tell me some stats or something. No. Tell me. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to pull, I wanted to pull up a number list I got. So I mean, I just tell everybody let's quit let's nix the business and nonprofit community. Cut it out. Bit, nonprofits are in in that business bucket. It's just a section of the tax code. You get all that. Um, and then the flip uh, to nonprofits is we've got to be prepared to. Um, we need to know how to read balance sheets. We need to know how to write budgets. We need to know how to ask when we need support and when we need help. Um, and I think there's a time and a place when we need to know um, when our missions might be best joined with other missions. And, you know, that's a hard topic Ooh, in good. community. Um, and, you know, anybody's listening at any time, you know, it used to be a big old mystery how many nonprofits are in Athens. We've made it completely available on our website now. You can look at every single nonprofit, the, the total number of nonprofits in our, our community, um, the seven counties that we serve. Um, take a guess, Chad, how many nonprofits are in Athens? I don't even know. Just take a guess. You don't make me guess. You're gonna put me on the spot. Sure am. Oh, you're I setting sure me is. up here. Um, nonprofits in Athens. Oh my God, Sarah. I would say 175. No, Lord, you way off. I'm assuming I'm way low. Well, over 500, buddy. Holy cow. Now the vast majority, when you start looking at those numbers, and there's well over 1,700 in the region. Um, you start looking at those. The vast majority are filing 990 EZs. Okay. So what does that tell you? Under. 50 or 100 grand in revenue. Correct. Or in donations. They're yeah. small, they're grassroots. Um, there's probably 70, 80. I'm making up numbers here, but I, I'd probably about right. 70 or 80 with gross revenues over a million. The okay. vast majority of our nonprofit. Oh, that's a lot, it is. It Jesus. is. A lot of our nonprofits are small. Small nonprofits, that but that is not an in, that is not like the sole indicator mm-hmm. um, at all. There's a lot of nonprofits who are doing a lot of great work who are filing 990 EZs. I think what we've got to do as nonprofit businesses, though, we've got to be poised to market our businesses well. What is the true story about our mission and vision moving in this community every day that compels our customers to give? And I say customers on purpose. I make a choice to drive by the quick trip to go to Golden Pantry because I love the Golden Pantry brand as an example, right? Golden Pantry gives me a really solid, compelling reason to drive in and get that gas. It ain't just their biscuits. Those things are amazing. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. You can have one a year, Sarah. That's it. But the the brand is – they compel me to want to shop there. We have got to, as nonprofit businesses, give compelling reasons for people to shop 
i.e. donate to our organizations. We've got to diversify our revenue structures. We cannot be solely reliant on federal and state dollars. And when it is time, we need to be able to say, can I link arms with you, other nonprofit, to do X, Y, Z? Because it is, there's a, and that's a whole other podcast. But. <laughs> so, so we started there. Yeah. For the business side of nonprofits and how we're all in, we're all in business. We're all under one umbrella. And I think that's a big place to come together as a community that helps uh, understand how we all need to function. But you mentioned for, for staff, for EDs, you need to understand a PNL. You need to understand a balance sheet. Yep. What I'm here to tell you is nobody knows that those things. We don't learn it anywhere. No. It's not, it's not taught in high school. You no. don't learn it in college. Your parents don't know it. Most business owners, most entrepreneurs don't know how to read a P&L and a balance sheet. So don't be afraid to ask. Ding, ding, ding. Ask somebody. Ask your board. Sign up for a class. Reach yep. out to an accountant and be like, I'm running a business, and I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. And it's so okay. I and fine. I think that's a hallmark of leadership, You're in the majority. Period. That's yes. right. It's humility 101. Which is, as nonprofits, we are not charged with knowing all the things. We do not have to know it all. Ask the questions and be willing to learn. And then as, you know, as a foundation, for example, we've got to make space for people to learn in the off hours, the on hours. You know, we need to be available outside traditional business hours. If you look at a number of those nonprofits, they're probably being led by people in total volunteer capacity, you know, working jobs Monday through Friday. Um, but we need, you know, yes, we need to ask for help, which is literally 101. Now, here's the kicker back to the board side of things. That's where if you said yes to a board, are you willing to put in that time to sit with in patience somebody to help educate them or connect them to somebody who might know the answers to that? Um, but it's, it's complicated stuff. It It is, but it's... God, you can clearly see how we can all figure this out together. That's right. And and we're, we all want – I think this is the place we, we just lose sight of so fast. We all want the same things. Mm-hmm. We all want to accomplish the same things and have the same end result. That's right. We just sometimes disagree on how we get there. That's right. Or our approach, which really just throws everything away in, in different communication pieces of arguing and disagreeing on different aspects and wanting that perfection. And yeah. so – I just think everybody's got to check their ego and say, you know what, yeah. I'm going to be a team player. Let's do We're it. We're going to trial and error this thing. We're going to all work together. In a in a perfect world, what if we just isolate business, city, uh, politics, community, nonprofits? How should all this work? I think I mean that's such a wonderful question, and I think one of the things I see over and over again is passion that fuels bright ideas that oftentimes the bright ideas already exist somewhere. So before we start a nonprofit, before we start that new outreach uh, from our business, can we go find who might be doing it already and seek to one partner? you know, amplify what it is they're already doing. I met with an awesome business owner here in downtown Athens just yesterday, um, Morgan Throop, who runs the Indigo Child. And many years she's been doing some outreach with homeless communities. And this year she wanted to shake it up a little bit. And before she did it, she said, I need to talk to some people who are already doing the work. That to me is the light bulb moment where we can amplify and strengthen many times something that already exists in our community. So you may have a bright idea, and it may not exist, but could you share that bright idea with somebody else in our community um, and not necessarily start a brand new thing? 
Love that. Yep. Don't don't go down a path of having to figure it out on your own. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Don't engage in a whole lot of overhead when somebody's already out there doing it. That's right. That's exactly right. And just trust. I mean, trust, 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 yeah. which is hard. I mean, and that's a really tough word. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's the part of the donor world that I, I get so also excited about is I think we can broker a lot of trust um, in donors to, you know, think about an investment with a local organization. Here's a quick story. It's one of my favorites from this summer. Had a local um, small, um, by definition, black-led nonprofit that um, totally qualified for um, some monies from the city to do a summer program. Um, that By nature, the, the city was going to be a six to eight weeks getting those funds to them. This is a very small nonprofit doing really great things. They couldn't afford to run their program all summer without those dollars. So they reached out to us. We brokered a deal with a nonprofit, or excuse me, with a donor that we work with to do the first ever recoverable grant from oh, his fund. Wow. And it was so freaking cool. So we wrote, like a loan. yeah, but not legally enforceable, but had same language. Sure. Brokered a $20,000 check to this local nonprofit to bridge them over the summer. The moment, Chad, they got that check in the mail from the city, they walked right back in our doors and paid that back. And I think that's the kind of trust that we can broker, which Love is, it. I got an email from that nonprofit leader, literally praying at three o'clock in the morning and, and said, I'm going to take the humility. I think she used the word humbleness in her emails that just asked Sarah for help. We got this, y'all. We can, and we can't always make that kind of magic happen, but there's some really neat things we can do. So now I'm on a quest to build a recoverable loan fund for the nonprofit community. Yes. I'm ready. Let's do it. You want to give me a million dollars? How do you find time for this? Well, you yes, just, I want to give you, you a million You smart people. <laughs> no. So, yeah. But, I mean, I think – but ask ask people, to, you know, trust, 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 trust. And as donors, we've got to be willing to trust the process. So when you give, give with as few restrictions as possible. Don't question the operating overhead of that organization, if at all possible. You didn't think about what Procter & Gamble CEO made when you bought the stick of deodorant. Please don't – think overly about what the person addressing oh reading God, literacy. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, but for real, like we're asking people to address some of the greatest challenges and biggest dreams of this community. Let's not address their paycheck because 100%. as nonprofits, we do not because we be, get good people. We got to pay for it. And we, we can't perpetuate poverty through our it. payroll. Yeah. Like we cannot perpetuate poverty through our payroll. Go try to hire a CEO for your business. Find out how hard that is. And if you do find somebody, a you're not because they're probably running their own business. And yeah. if you do, how much do you have to pay them? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah we don't. We don't, we hold different standards. That's right. So, I mean, you know, there's a, so my, my thing is bright ideas, entrepreneurial, bring it. And sometimes let's, let's start a new nonprofit. Sometimes let's start a new program. But a lot of times there's a really great um, human, a great, great leader, a great organization who's poised and prepared to be experimented with. And I don't mean like we're experimenting on them. Like let's bring them into the entrepreneurial pipeline of like, let's try this together. Creature, right back to them, is a great example of what they're doing with Books for Keeps and the local elementary school, um, improving third grade reading. Yeah, it's it's mind The numbers blowing. behind how important that is is mind-blowing. It's insane. I was like on the floor when I first heard yep. a, a, it's real a, stuff. a talk and a conversation around how important that third grade reading level yep. is. Um I'm interested to get your opinion on this. Mm -hmm. uh, this is kind of really coming into the nonprofits and, and being in the business space, understanding they're in the business space. I had a conversation that was really eye-opening for me. Um, this was actually through Stronger Business Summit, through getting sponsors for that. Uh, Brad Aiken, mm -hmm. he, he he had a lot of conversations with me um, in, in how to – how to make it successful, and he sponsored the Stronger Business Summit and kind of told me a lot about things he had been involved in. And he was telling me a story about the YMCA and Winder, mm -hmm. and he said, you know, here was my structure for that and what I believe in when it comes to, to giving or sponsoring is 
I'll give you X amount of dollars, let's say a $75,000 in year one. Mm-hmm. In year two, I'll give you 30. Mm-hmm. In year three, I'll give you 10. Like, you can't survive on just coming back to sponsors or donors year after year. You had to learn how to be able to take that money and build some sort of consistent, sustainable revenue stream. And I was like, that is, I think that's a piece most people miss when it comes to events or sponsorships or nonprofits is you're not trying to build that business model. You're just trying to figure out how do I hustle and grind and go raise the same amount this year as I did last year. And so I love that piece of kind of what y'all do from investing in that mindset. Do you do you see that? Do you agree with that? Do you feel different about that? I've, I've got a couple of different opinions about it. I mean, I think I th- I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a moment to think about it because I'm I'm picturing a couple of different answers. There, to me, is a fundamental difference between sponsorships and donations. Fundamental okay. difference between sponsorships and an annual gift to an organization you're really passionate about. There's and one of the challenges I think we face as a nonprofit community is being so wrapped up in developing donors through events. Um, and that's a huge challenge. I think there's a time and a place for events, but I think we spend so much capital putting them on. I got to give something to get something. That's right. Okay. And versus I really, truly believe in the one-on-one conversations with people and developing a, a, an annual gift program that leads to a major gift program that leads to a planned gift program. So there's a space and a place for year-over-year givers. Uh-huh. And those are going to be the people that are just so stinking passionate about XYZ mission in our community. At the same time, we've got to diversify revenue streams. And that's what keeps me up at night for our organization is we cannot be solely dependent on the fees that we charge our funds because it's it's not sustainable. So what are the things that we can do? Sure. And um and, and that's harder in the nonprofit space because you're 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 head down in some mission. Um, you know, let's talk homelessness for a minute. I mean that's everybody's hot topic these days. I mean Ooh. can you imagine trying to think about how to diversify income streams when you're now I gotta go out and make money. To, to address and get like donors a and ma- fix homelessness. Correct. Yeah, I see, I see yeah, the yeah. flaw and yeah, yeah. Um, the and, and make time it. for relationships and make time for marketing. Yes. So it's a hard, hard thing to do. But that's again where we've got to be willing to ask for help. I, I do challenge nonprofits that I, that I often work with. It stay as don't be event revenue dependent. Yeah. Events should be communicating big wins, big dreams, big visions getting people on fire, you should leave. I don't need to necessarily hear a keynote. I want to know a success story about your mission, right? Love it. Don't lock me into a table for three hours. Just get me on fire about some outcome of your organization. That's a super Sarah McKinney, like, community Love foundation that. That's almost on. a branding event for you and your cause. That's right. Otherwise, spend your time on a solid annual gift program that's, that genuinely asks stewards thanks. The tax receipt is not the thank you, period. Like that, it's just not, um, and that's the hardest part from nonprofits. And I've been in the service side of nonprofits. It's hard to get out of the mission. It's yeah, hard let me to get ask out you. Okay, you just pointed something out. That are you serving the donor or are you serving the cause? It's a balance because you seesaw. get hung up in both. Because if you take the time to do more than the thank you letter, you're taking time away from the cause. That is a it's a seesaw, heck of buddy. a hard balance. Yep. Uh. And so as nonprofit leaders, as board leaders, how can we approach our business weeks within the within the nonprofit space carving out five minutes of every day to write one thank you note? I mean, straight up, who doesn't get all warm and fuzzy about a genuine thank you note? Like, <laughs> just do it. Pick up the phone, text somebody, make a call, and donors 
be don't be scared about that. Don't be scared of the ask. Don't be scared to say no. Don't be scared to say this isn't for me. Just commit to something. Get on yes. fire about something. Yes. Anyway, I'm kind of being more generic than I wish to be, but there's 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 a lot baked into this. At the end of the day, um, we all have a story of how generosity has touched our lives. And I, my call to people is how do we broker that generosity back to others in such a way that it's not a checkbox, but it feels good. It's seen to be good, and it does good. And it's not about me. It's not about my ego. It's about the end end result, whatever it is we're serving. I, I 100% agree. But let's I – I want to talk for a second where it is about me, mm-hmm. and it is about the business yeah. owner. And it needs to be sometimes. And, and mm-hmm. I can tell you from my personal experience – Anytime I have got involved with my time or money, it has been a win for me. Yeah. It has been a huge win for my business. It has been a huge win for my relationships. It is, there's something, I don't understand it, and it's something way bigger at play, but if you give your time, you give your money, you serve on boards, you will thrive inside a community personally and professionally. Absolutely. organically go into it don't you're not trying to get anything out of it but my business has been built on involvement in civic organizations and nonprofits and yep. the connections and relationships I've made like it is your times that over 20 years and it, it is it has been the marketing arm behind our it. business and, I love it. and that's that's where I think it is such a huge one all the way around even when you're not you're not trying to get that out of it there's so many wins on so many levels and as we all help each other, we all help get we get stronger together. Everything inside of that gets stronger together. Our, our relationships, our businesses, our our real estate investments, our our downtown, yep. our I mean, everything starts growing together. And I think That's it's right. just super exciting and super cool. But man, we just gotta work together more yep. to figure out how to make that happen. And and that's why I. I Everybody knows I'm a numbers guy. Everybody knows I'm a money guy. That's why I love money. Like, I think you have so much bigger of an impact with money. And if you can arm people with passion and expertise, like our nonprofits out there, with money, I think we can make one hell of a difference together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ask the tough questions of the nonprofits. Ask the tough questions before you show up in the boardroom. And when you show up in the boardroom, be ready to serve. Or when you donate, be ready to ask a couple questions and then trust and let it roll. Um, And if that's not the mission for you, move on to the next. I mean, there's just ample opportunity because at the end of the day, there's not a single one of us in this community that wants to picture the person sleeping on the bench or the third grader who cannot read or the older adult who is literally sleeping in their truck somewhere tonight or has no no food to eat. I mean, none of us want that. Um, and we're not going to solve the massive equation today, but there is somebody's life that we can touch, we can positively be a part of. Um, and that's the awesome opportunity I get to do, the seesaw between the philanthropic community, the nonprofit community. And where it's appropriate, we back off and we say, have at it. And a dollar never needs to touch our door. For anybody listening to this podcast, I say it all the time. If you just have a question about where can you give and you never hit a dollar, that's fine. We just want to strengthen the giving community. It's such a freaking awesome opportunity. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to tell you more about what we do. Sometime, I'd love to be a voice anywhere I can. I I, I love and deeply respect our nonprofit business community and want to be a voice for the incredible, incredible opportunities they are broking in, brokering in around this joint every single day. I love it. There, yeah. There's just so much here to talk about. But like I told you when we started, I knew we were going to run out of time super fast. Go, Walla. We could go on all day. (laughs) 
but we've reached the end of today's <laughs> episode. <laughs> we will do this again. <laughs> we will talk about so much more. Your passion, your energy. God, I cannot wait to have you on again. Let's do it. Just continue Let's talk QCDs and DAFs next time I come. <gasps> oh, getting like all, so, oh, my God. I think some people just broke out in high. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> um, I love it. But this is the t- part of the episode where we get to do Sarah's max out moment. Yep. This is the max out moment in the Stronger Business Podcast where if there's nothing else the audience takes away from today, one tactic, one tip, way they can go out this weekend, they can max out, they can get stronger. What is Sarah's max out moment? I'm in Sarah's boxing ring, and I'm going to come back to my old, old quote that I've used a million times, Boom. but it's so freaking true from the Kellogg Foundation. Relationships are primary. All else is derivative. Relationships are primary. All Ooh. else is derivative. When we are in relationship, everything else comes. Be in relationship in your community. Show up where you don't necessarily know the folks, where they may not look like you, they sound like you. Get in relationship. I love it. That is an awesome max out moment. Yeah, it's inspiring. It's powerful. <laughs> I love it. How do people connect? Where do they find you at? Yeah. Where, how do they just follow you and find out more about the foundation? AthensAreaCF.org is our website. We're all over LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I've got my own personal role in there. LinkedIn is my great spot for businesses, and we try to keep a lot of relevant content rolling over there. Um, our target audience that I'm trying to work with over there on LinkedIn side of things is professional advisors. CPAs, state planning attorneys, financial advisors. Um, but, yeah, find us, look us up. If you got some question you're just curious about, give us a holler. We'll tell you the truth. I love it. I told y'all. Throw us back out with this ball an amazing episode today. Go out, follow the Community Foundation, check Sarah out, donate money, get involved, go out with this max out moment, and do something this weekend for yourself, for the community. We'll see you next week. You know I got it if you wanna come get it. Stand next to this money like hey, hey, hey.